0: Fourth and final hour on this rainy Thursday. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe, Willie D is out in Denver. Tonight, it's the Predators and the Avalanche. 8 o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you at 7. Everything heard right here on 102.5 The Game. This is game two of this four-game road trip. It's a long road trip. It's eight days, but only four games. So they had a game in Detroit on Monday against the Red Wings. Tonight, against the Avalanche, they'll be up in Northern California to take on the Sharks on saturday evening so i'll have some late night hockey for you then and then they finish things up in vancouver on tuesday night which is just an absolutely beautiful place to visit elliot freeman joins us every week at this time don't forget we will have predators tickets to give away after this interview with elliot and elliot is brought to you every week by carrie zeyer remax elite elliot how you doing
1: sorry to hear it's raining
0: <laughs> it's cold and rainy it's oh by the way it's november so i guess we should expect that yes
1: yeah so we had our first snowfall of the year last night here in toronto so you know that there's at least one place in north america you're better off than weather-wise
0: yeah and i we've actually kind of joked that there's a real shot on this road trip the preds will probably see snow on the ground probably a good chance of it for sure um
1: you no know in vancouver you get rain
0: yeah you're right you're right. You do get a lot of that. Although, when I was there right before, the last time I was there was right before the 2010 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of snow. Definitely a lot of snow around. That was in probably Whistler. late December. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's good a trip. Uh, yeah, it definitely is a good trip. So, we've been talking a lot about the power play, something that we talked about a lot last year, but for all the wrong reasons. This year, we're yep. talking about it for all the right reasons, things are definitely going the right direction. I mean, of course you add Matt Duchesne, that helps. Yeah. Of course you add Dan Lambert, a guy that can just specifically coach and talk about, you know, doing things differently. So you've got things in place that you knew would probably help things, but I don't think we thought it would look like this, this quick. What? So I'll ask you. What have you seen? What do you like about this Preds power play through 15 games that, uh, like I said, is going the right direction?
1: Well, one of the things you didn't mention there is you've kind of gone away from bombing away from the points too, right? Yep. yep. See, like, I love a good slap shot. Like, I, I still think when you've got a... I mean, you still have Ellis there and, you know, but yet you had Subban and years ago you had Weber. There's something to me that's fun as a guy who grew up uh, when the slap shot was a big weapon in this league about hey, when, when you see one of those three guys and the puck's going over there you know what's going to happen, there's an excitement factor. And if you sit in a crowd and you know that you got a bomber and the puck's going over that way, there's a certain ooh and ah that comes out. Unfortunately, it's not that that's a dying art, it's just that teams are too good at defending it. And you know, there was an article on our website at Sportsnet this week about kind of the, the death of the decline of the slap shot. And you guys were one of the last teams that was doing it, especially a lot. And I understand because you had the weapons that allowed you to do it. But this league is going away from that. Teams can defend it too easily, especially when there's too many options for it on the power play. And, you know, I, I think that you guys realize that in addition to fresh ideas, in addition to some new personnel, as you've mentioned, um, I, I think that you had to go away from that as being your number one option. You simply can't do that anymore, and you guys have made the change.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, I was looking at a stat, Elliot, earlier today where they had, now this is per at least 20 minutes of you know the man advantage. Uh, the extra man, and Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Victor Iverson, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, they ranked number one in the league as the top power play unit, uh, being effective. Toronto was actually two, Boston three, Capitals yep. four. But I had this discussion with, with Hal Gill, who was a part of our radio team, on one of the post games, and he brought up well how the role has changed for Victor Arvidsson. Here's a little guy that yep. last year Elliot was standing in front of the net, and we used to joke call it the RV screen. He kind of yep. the jump screen. Where now Victor has moved around. Now they got the big body Ryan Johansson in yep. front, trying to. So they've even kind of moved some parts around, and that seems to be working as well.
1: Well, I, I, I get, uh, what's the old Albert Einstein line like? Um, the, uh, what's the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again when it's not working
0: yeah and expecting and a different w- result yeah
1: yes, and well as you can see I'm not exactly um much for my old English lessons or anything <laughs> like that I can't remember these quotes exactly, but it was something like that um, you know but I mean that I think that is exactly the way you guys attacked it in the off season you know we we can't keep doing the same thing we've tried and I think what is proof is even if you have really talented players and you guys do have really talented players, if you do the same thing in this league over and over again, people are gonna shut it down. And you do things in this league that proven that they don't work, they're gonna shut it people are gonna shut it down. Now, you know, I worked last night at Edmonton St. Louis and Edmonton early in the year had a killer power play. They had James Neal, who you guys know really well, right in front of the net, and they were getting the puck to him and he was scoring or creating good chances. Well, now teams have seen that for a month. They're not letting you get the puck to James Neal in the front of the net, and Edmonton has to change what they do. You guys tried some things. They didn't work. The league adjusted to it. You didn't make the change. It didn't work. And now finally, at the end of the last season, you guys all sat down and said, we got to make the change. And it's not only getting new players. It's trying a new way of attacking It's putting the same players, as you mentioned, in different positions. And you know what's going to happen is teams are watching your power play now, and they're saying, okay, this is what's working for Nashville, and pretty soon we're going to start taking that away. The way a penalty kill generally works is you find the one or two things that another team does well on their power play, and you say, we're not letting them beat us with that. So whatever's working for you guys right now, your opponents, Colorado tonight, they're saying, we're not going to let them beat us with that. So now you're going to have to readjust to whatever Colorado and these other teams try to shut what's working down.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I I was watching your – Predators had a little matinee hockey this past Saturday. And so Saturday night I was watching your all's coverage and and you guys were talking during one of the intermissions. And and it was about the Predators division. And you you talked about Winnipeg, which you've discussed with us as well. And when you look around the division right now, you know, Colorado and the Preds will play tonight. You've got – two of the big three out of the lineup for a while for Colorado. How will that affect them? Tarasenko is going to be out for five months before he's reevaluated for the blues. You wonder long-term how will that will affect them. And then you've got just like what are Winnipeg, Dallas, Chicago, and Minnesota. When you look at the Predators division right now, what do you see through the first month plus of the season?
1: Well, I I, I see some surprises. There's no question. I mean, I think a lot of us thought that this was going to be a tough year for Minnesota, and that's kind of exactly what's happened. There were a lot of varying opinions on Chicago. Um, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but I didn't think that they were going to be like this. This has been uh, much more of a disappointing and brutal start for the Blackhawks than I think most people expected. And that organization is not exactly known for its patience. I think we're all kind of wondering exactly what's going to come out of that you know winnipeg uh they've really battled i i, I think they've shown a lot of comp- comp- competition but they've got a lot of injuries they got a lot of guys missing and it's like they have had their whole year this year like blake wheeler was at their practice this morning and he he said like it just seems like there's something else every day and he looked at the reporter and said you have no idea So they are really fighting, and I I give them a lot of credit. I think they've played really hard, but they are fighting to keep their heads above water. And, you know, St. Louis, I know they got the big injury there to Tarasenko. I watched them in Vancouver and Edmonton, who were at the top of their division last two nights. They still play hard, man. Like, I don't care who's out of that lineup. That team plays hard, and they defend. They're going to be a lot of trouble for you. And as for Colorado, I think they're going to be fine. They were great before the injuries. They've lost two key players. They are going to be fine when everybody gets healthy. And I'll tell you something else: they're they're going to swing for the fences in terms of who's available later in the year. I really, they got a lot of assets. They got a lot of young players. I I think the Avalanche think they can win it this year, and I think they're going to go for it.
2: Yeah, that's number thirteen on his thirty-one thoughts. Very nice. C A.
0: By, by the way do you think the three of us Elliot uh did you see how the Blues won in overtime I know you did uh, a yeah. three three on O. you got to love a three on O in overtime <laughs> do you think the yeah. three of us could have finished it off
1: you know no and you know, <laughs> first of all first of all they uh I thought they were going to blow it for a sec they looked so surprised they didn't know right. what to do like I, I I but I'll tell you a funny story and so I'm not going to tell you who it is. He's a broadcaster in the league, and you probably know him. But he was once working, uh, before he really hit it big as a broadcaster, he was working behind the scenes as a stats guy like a lot of us did. And he was in a booth with Kelly Rudy, the former Kings goalie who I work with now. And he said to Kelly, uh, when Kelly was retired at the time, I think I could score on you if I took a breakaway." And Kelly got mad. Like he got really pissed off. <laughs> Kelly's a great guy, but he's got a lot of pride. And he's like, You think you could score on me? Like I played fifteen years in the NHL because the, like normally Kelly wouldn't react like that, but the guy the way the guy said it was really dismissive. And and I said to him after, like, you know, you got really upset at that guy. And he goes, <laughs> Hey, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I played fifteen years. You think you could walk onto the ice and score on me? No chance. So, no offense, guys, but that <laughs> guy, Markstrom, he's pretty competitive. Not a chance you three are scoring on him.
2: That was a very honest and correct, correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Friedman here with us on Darren Donek and Chase every week, brought to you by Kerry Zire, Remax Elite. And uh, another thing that you have in your 31 thoughts on sportsnet.ca is Pierre Dorian, the general manager for the Ottawa Senators, actually. Made a trip to Los Angeles and to Nashville recently. I know that started yep. up the rumor mill, as you say in the column. What was uh, what was he looking to do?
1: Well, you know, anytime somebody shows up where they're not supposed to show up, we're all making stuff up, right? Like we all got to fill airtime. So, you know, I, I, I asked around. I asked them, you know, what what was that? And you know, he said. And I have reported, and, and they've admitted they're looking for forwards. They're looking for guys with some experience because they got a lot of kids and. You know, they don't want their kids to get crushed. And uh, so, you know, I I asked him about it, and he said, look, like, we had six days off. They played on Sunday, and they didn't have another game until Saturday. I don't get a chance to see a lot of the West Coast teams, so he went to see L.A., Vancouver, and you guys at home in that that great game against Calgary. And, uh, you know, he just said, I wanted to see some guys I don't normally get a chance to see. He said, I'm not making any deals out of it. There's nothing happening. Now, there had been a rumbling going around that maybe they would consider bringing back uh, Taurus, who, as you guys know, is on the block. And he wouldn't talk about it with me. He doesn't like to discuss those kinds of rumors. But I did hear from somebody else that that's not going to be happening. So I just kind of put that one to bed before it got any real legs.
2: So we just hit the two-year anniversary of the, of the trade that sent Duchesne to Otto and Kyle Turris here. Uh, ironically, now they're both on the same team. And you oh, do mention – I know it's crazy that it, in a short amount of time that happened, but you do mention that, the, that Kyle Turris being on the block. Gut feeling, do you think, before the deadline, David Poyle makes that move?
1: I think it's going to be tough. I think, he, I think you guys would like to. As you know, you've got some business you've got to deal with at the end of the year. I mean, hey, why was P.K. Subban traded? You knew you had business to do with Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne, you were hoping at the time. And, you know, now at the end of this year, you've got some business to do with, you know, one or both of Michael Grandlin and Craig Smith. And I think they know that they would like to clear that space if they can, but it's going to be a tough one. I think that's going to be a hard one to move. I think Turris is taking steps. Like I told you guys, like the Kyle Turris I watched last year, I. I don't know what that was. That's not the Kyle Turris I know. Um, he's taken steps. He's been better. But, you know, he's going with the contract, he's going to have to be consistently better before uh, David Poyle can work his wizardry on that one.
2: Let's uh, let's have our weekly Dustin Bufflin update because you also uh, go in depth with that and everything going on in Winnipeg with him. Uh, I mean, are we going to see him back in a Jets jersey at some point this season? I, I assume after the first of the year?
1: Well... I think they want him back. Like, one of the things, I, I talked about this on the show uh, last Saturday night, uh, and I said that it was uncertain as to whether or not both sides wanted the marriage to resume. I have since been told, as I alluded to in my column, that I believe the Jets want him back. Like, no matter what's happened, uh, they, they know how good he is. The GM there, Kevin Sheveldeup and Botlin, have long had a really good relationship That's obviously been tested here, but it was very strong before. And I think the team wants him back. I think the biggest question is, you know, what he wants. And you guys know, and all the listeners out there know, there's a reason why people always say you don't lend money from or lend money to your friends or your family. Because the only thing that really destroys a friendship like that or a relationship like that is money. Unfortunately, it ruins things and um, I just don't know what the future is going to hold, but I think the team really wants them back if they can get this all sorted out. The problem is I, I think the teams are really out of it, and Doug Bufflin's really out of it. This is shaping up to be a league and players association thing to finally so- sort this out.
0: Elliot, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Thursday.
1: All right, you guys too. Have a great weekend.
0: All right, that is Elliot Friedman brought to you every week. That's presented by Kerry Zire, REMAX Elite. When we come back, we will ask a question from that interview and give you a chance to win Predators and Blackhawks tickets. That's all on the other side of Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN, 1025, The Game. All right, your chance. You know the drill. Six. Well,
2: some of you have already been calling. <laughs> I don't
0: know why. You haven't heard Simming anything. down.
2: You haven't even
0: heard anything.
2: But I like it. I, hey, that means you're listening. I know. That means you're playing, paying attention. That
0: means you were probably listening to the interview, too. Back here on Darren and Chase. Good stuff from Elliot Friedman, as always. And now a chance, courtesy of New Amsterdam Vodka, for you to win a pair of tickets to see the Predators and the Blackhawks. Bridgestone Arena, Saturday night, November 16th. That's the next time they're at home believe it or not, after this long, long road trip. And it's weird after they play Vancouver on Tuesday. They don't play again until that Saturday night. It's rare that they have – usually they're kind of in that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday rotation, but no game on that Thursday night. So it'll be uh, Saturday, November 16th. And what you'll have to answer that you heard in the Elliott Friedman interview was what team's GM was recently in town. What team's GM – What team's general manager was recently in town, as Elliot Freeman talked about in that interview? You don't have to give his name. Just what team was he talking about that was recently in town, their GM? And may or may not have had talks with David Poyle, which I think it'd be probably pretty safe to say. I'm sure they they talked.
2: I don't know about what, but they talked. I'm sure a lot of GMs talk to each other. Yeah, I would say that (laughs) probably
0: goes on a lot.
2: You know, speaking of that... So,
0: 615-737-1025. 737-1025. What GM
2: did Elliot Freeman say? I mean, what team's GM was recently in town? A few years ago, you know, the baseball winter meetings, they come to Nashville on a rotation. They've been here, you know, several times over the years. And the first, I had just started here, hadn't been here very long, and so I go out and I'm walking around Opryland and credentialed and just walking through, checking it all out. And I walked up on... Uh, Cashman from the Yankees, and I forget who the other one was. And I just, as I'm walking by, I overhear them talking about a trade, and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of cool. That's real. I've had that happen yeah. at uh, the
0: winter meetings at the Opryland Hotel. In fact, that's where the whole Jason Stark relationship started. Yeah, a long, 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 long time ago. But you're right. You can you you hear crazy stuff at those winter meetings. It's so
2: spread out that they can
0: yeah go and and feel comfortable. Yeah. But you could be just around the corner. Now, ironically, that next home game is when I take a a weekly trip that I've done for 12 years, and I go to the Smoky Mountains. I go away, and I'll be away that night, and you will be away as well. You'll be in East Tennessee, Mm -hmm. not with me, but there at Neyland Stadium at Garth Brooks. I I go on
2: the boys' trip. I don't go on the couples' trip because I'm not a couple. so.
0: Well, okay. I mean, and you didn't have to say that. but I know, but I'll put it know. out there. It's whatever. Right. And the man who will be filling in that night will be Ryan Porth, who is in the studio Hello. with us right now, who is actually dry because he's been out. We we talked about this earlier. Kaboom, this radio station, Predators Foundation, doing great work. Again, this has turned into a yearly thing, and it's really cool. It's a nonprofit that uh, picks a school, and they want to make sure that uh, – They've got a nice playground area. Yeah. You guys did it last year, and uh, you just did it again today in ideal, not ideal weather. Hmm. So everybody was soaked.
3: To say the least. But it was cool to see the pictures and see everybody didn't stop. You guys just worked through it. I, I was on picnic table duty and did my best to uh, to help uh, the group that we had assembled for uh, for the picnic tables that were being built, but there were a lot of different groups, all you know, pulling the same rope, helping out for a good cause to to build a playground for a group of kids that don't have a playground, they, they do not have a playground at their school. So now they Which they is do hard to today. Believe.
0: I know, right? Like I just assumed, and that's yeah, dangerous. That just every you know school that with, with a certain age group they just have playgrounds. Right? I know, right?
3: But this, you- this is Kip College Prep Antioch, yeah. uh, just down the street here from from our radio station um, last year. The The playground that Kip Kirkpatrick Elementary, Elementary in East Nashville had was really small, really old, and that was a really cool experience. That day was bright and sunny. It was cold, but it was nice and sunny. Today was a monsoon
2: out let there. Let me tell you, the boxes that they put the toys in outside, they look good. Those boxes look real good because I helped paint them. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, they look good. I was proud of it. and I didn't get that much on me either. Really? Yeah
3: careful spray ryan was there mm, no brush brush nick kale assisted with the brushing on that that box Derek mason did
2: yeah Hmm. it was good we had fun yeah
3: but even though it was cold even though it was rainy everybody sucked it up they all knew we were all doing it for a good cause, and it didn't stop anybody from awesome from getting that playground done. So the picnic tables, I hope, are uh, sturdy for the uh, for the kids. I, me that too. Would be, that would be nice. No. Yes. I, I'm
2: going to be honest with you. I'm a little because I know that I'd be worried if I put <laughs> it together because no, I'm not a handyman.
3: We so. we had some uh, some handymen uh, there with us helping us, and it was uh, a whole lot of fun to do that once again, teaming up awesome. with Kaboom and the Preds. Really proud of
0: the work that everybody here at the station, like yourself and others, did today. Speaking
2: of the station. Really, really cool. Speaking of the station, I got a note from Dennis, and I wanted to pass this along. 47 years ago today, WKCM signed on the air in Owensboro, Kentucky. That is Bud Walters signing on the air 47 years ago, our owner. And Dennis just sent that out, so congrats to Bud for 47 years Wow, with WKC. Very nice. Very,
0: Pretty cool. Nice. Uh, also, congratulations to Terry in Murfreesboro. By the way, that's two winners this week we've had on our show from Murfreesboro. 97.5 down there. Terry correctly guessed the question that you heard in the Elliott Friedman interview. It was Ottawa's general manager. It was recently in town, so... Congratulations, Terry. Um, Have fun. Saturday night, November 16th, Predators and Blackhawks at Bridgestone Arena. And he also quickly put to bed in those discussions. Now, I did Preds Insiders with you on Tuesday night. Chase did it with you last night. That is correct. Right before Smashville Live in Cool Springs. And he also put to bed pretty quickly, like, the Kyle Turris thing isn't happening. He's not going back to Ottawa, which I thought was interesting.
3: At least in season. Yeah, but both Elliot Freeman and we- we've heard Pierre LeBron say it, too, is yeah. that they don't expect anything to happen. They would be surprised. Let's put it that way. They would be surprised if anything happened with Kyle Turris in season because of the contract and the fact that the Preds are trying to get the most out of Kyle Turris to maybe mm-hmm. boost his value going into next offseason.
2: Well, and I'm OK with that, too. It's it goes along with what you and I discussed last night about contracts and Craig Smith and Mikhail Granlin of, OK, wait until the offseason. I think you should probably do the same thing with Kyle Turris because it, it could come to the point where even though he's making $6 million, he might have a pretty good season where you go, you know what, I think we're better with him, and then you obviously have tough decisions that you have to make with, with Granlin and Smith, but I, I don't think they're in a rush and they really shouldn't be. Look,
3: we we've seen the value of that depth on this team mm-hmm. here in the first month of the season where... Yes, the first handful of games, the top two lines did most of the heavy lifting offensively. But here in the last couple of weeks, those depth pieces on the third and fourth lines have had to step up. And they have with Nick Benino, Austin Watson, Cali Yarncroke. The list goes on and on with the, the different pieces that have stepped up when needed. And Kyle Turris has been one of those players that has been pretty consistent either on the third or fourth line or when called upon uh, alongside Matt Duchesne he stepped up. He is. He has been a lot closer to the Kyle Terrace we saw in season one compared to
2: season two. Oh, last he year. looks eight, totally different. Eight points in fifteen games is not bad at all.
0: In fact, David Poyle joked with us on Tuesday that he said he's done for a good while. Like he's done with like signing contract. You know what? I believe him. I know he's joking, but I, I actually believe him. Like I, unless something big happens, like injury wise, or I should say, big and bad. That would affect this. I think what they have is what they're prepared to roll with, yeah. And see how this thing plays out to the end, because then, as we just discussed, yes, then they'll have to make decisions because you've got a a big Yossi contract that's going to kick in next year, and they're going to have to make a a tough decision or two. It may be plural, it may be singular. I'm not sure how it's going to shake out, but things will have to happen. And so, I I do believe, like I said, now it could change. I think it would take probably a major injury or two for that to change. But I think if things are just kind of the way they are now, they are prepared just to roll with this to the end and see where it goes.
3: I said this with Chase last night, and I think we both said it last night while talking about what's next for David Poyle. We both think the trade deadline may be the next time he does something that isn't a transaction with Milwaukee. And we both said, you got to let this marinate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't think he's. Gonna, I don't think he's gonna. That's what I'm getting. At. I don't yeah. think he's gonna be actively in the the. We've had some pretty memorable trade deadline deals. We've. It's been something that's been pretty big here. I'm not sure it's going to be big this year. In fact, I think I don't it, think it. In fact, I think it's going to be probably crickets. Like uh, I said, unless something happens, I, I think I a
2: defenseman could be on the table for the third pairing. I think there, there's a chance of that.
0: Not, but that's not anything that's... Really- it's not big, When no, you but- do that, it's not going to be anything big. That's
2: a hockey trade. That's what... I mean, but just-
0: Wayne Simmons was a big deal, we thought. Yeah. Grandlin was a big deal at the time. Brian Boyle was a big deal. Like, those got everybody's attention,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Well, like, Boyle was a third or fourth line depth guy well, he was
0: already here it wasn't at the deadline but simmons and Granlin at the deadline got everybody's
3: attention 100 percent. now it didn't
0: work out for simmons but everybody was
3: thrilled beyond belief but i tell you what if they don't address that third pair before the trade deadline yeah that that could come back come back to bite them in the postseason
2: i agree and here's the other thing that i brought up to ryan last night darren that that you have to consider when you look at Smith and Grandlin. I think he's also taking his time to see what happens with Tolvanen and Pitlick in Milwaukee. How do they develop? Because that's going to answer a lot of questions. Well, right now, they're having slow starts. Well, mm-hmm. right. in Milwaukee. But if by midseason all of a sudden Ellie Tolvanen has turned it on and he's he's looking more and more like he's ready, that might change his decision making when it comes to Smith and Grandlin. Because you could you could move on. You could clear some cap space for the Yosi contract. He's got to. He's basically got to have. Five point zero five nine million to give to Yosi on top of his current deal. That's essentially Mikhail Granlund's contract. So that's something that you have to factor in. And and again, if if Tolvanen or Pitlick are both are ready to go, then I I think it changes a lot.
3: What what I would like to see before the trade deadline, and this is again a long way off, but another defenseman, a to boost the third pair, and B as a security blanket. Because what if one of your top four goes down to injury? I mean, Ryan Ellis has had some injury issues here in the last few years. If you lose any of those top four—Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, or Fabro—and you're relying upon a Dan Hamuse or Yannick Weber or Matt Irwin to slide into the top four and take those minutes, I don't know if I like the. But what are you going uh, to get out that?
0: there? That's that you would feel comfortable
3: with. You could probably go out and find a, a rental defenseman. Someone, one name that could very well be available is Sammy Votnin in, in, in New Jersey, who has a very capable defenseman, has a lot – he does have a lot of tread on the tires, that, but he would be a rental.
0: That, was he the one in the Henrik deal? Sounds right. Right? Yeah. From was, Anaheim to yeah, – The Anaheim, New Jersey deal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just honestly think that – because I'll, I'll tell some, you what they want, going back to what Chase said, what they want because you can't have everybody on eight-year deals – worth tons of money like there's has to be young guys there have to be friendly deals out there the younger guys not making much that have to be a part of the equation like Tolvanen and Pitt like we know they want to be a part the other one to what you're talking about is, is Davies that's who
3: they yeah. want but he's not ready but if he's not ready no I know but that's who they want and it would be a short-term fix yeah. I don't think you go out and find a defenseman that has three or four years left on a contract you go out and find yeah. a defenseman that can help you this playoff run when that third pair on a nightly basis, you don't really know what you're going to get, yep. and some days you know what you're going to get, and it's not all that great.
0: I haven't watched New Jersey a ton, but they've been giving up a lot of goals, so maybe their defensive core hasn't been very good. Well, good this year,
3: I won't. Ju- I just don't think that team is very good because they give up like six and seven goals a game. I don't think their goaltending is very good either. Yeah,
2: that's kind of an issue too. Yeah, Zach is another one that I think is going to be a would be a rental. He he would cost more than Votnin. He would, but... Yeah, you'd have to give up more than that. Yeah, and what's his cap hit? Like, five mil? Something like that?
3: (sighs) Yeah. At the deadline, though, it's prorated, so...
2: right.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. Good work today. Thank you. Wanted to pass that
3: along. Good stuff. Appreciate it, Darren. Yeah. And And you got dry. You got to change clothes. I did. I was able to run home, take a hot shower, and get here so that I could do work effectively and not sit and...
0: In a puddle. In a puddle. We're proud of you. <laughs> proud of you.
3: At the desk. So.
0: Ryan Porth, program director. Good stuff. Want
3: to talk to all the men out there.
0: Been telling you for years about my friends over at Cool Springs, MD, and they know a lot of you have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. Dr. Jeffrey Lodge is front and center with that quest. He's the board-certified physician over there. His wife, Daphne Lodge, is the registered nurse and their experienced staff. Want to give you men out there the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life. And I hope you want that like I do, and their services have already helped a ton of you here in the Middle Tennessee area and surrounding areas with improving your immune systems, your energy levels, your cognitive function, and so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. There's no better time to achieve that healthy lifestyle than right now. What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone and dial those digits. Make that appointment like I have, 615-283-7291. That's 283-7291. Or you can always check them out on their website, CoolSpringsMD.com. Before we get out of here, we're going to give you a chance to be a winner again. I mean, we've just been Santa Claus on this show today. We're just giving you all kinds of stuff. We're going to give you another really good prize. You're going to need to be listening next 15 minutes or so. It's going to be real easy. you just have to dial digits. You don't have to answer anything. just have to call in. So be listening for that. Also, you can show us why you're the biggest Alabama fan out there. You know, Alabama and LSU will do battle on Saturday afternoon at 2.30, but we'll give you a chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise. That's going to be February 10th through the 15th. It's the second annual, and it will set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel, And on to Yucatan, Mexico, on board the Carnival Valor. It's a national champion-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. You can send us a picture through Twitter using the hashtag BamaCruise, hashtag BamaCruise, or you can upload a picture at thegamenashville.com. Book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off that cruise just by simply using the promo code GAME. Willie D is out in Denver, Colorado, a place we had a lot of fun at Wiley! two years ago, and uh, I had fun at this past summer. Denver's a really nice city. It's rainy and cold here. Willie, what is it out in Denver?
4: Uh, it is very clear and crisp. It's a, it's a nice day, probably about 50 degrees right now, so no wind at all, so you'll be walking around outside.
0: Okay. I'll take that. Uh, we had a really good conversation with Elliot Freeman. Didn't really delve into too much in tonight, although we did talk a lot about the division with him. Um, and he was talking about some of the things going on with some of the other teams, and we talked about the Predators' power play. But let's talk about this Colorado team. We know the two of the big three are not on the lineup, and they could be out for a good while, as the word we've seen significant time. Well, what now that you've been out there for a little bit and you've had a chance to talk to people, I mean, is this how concerning is this for Colorado? By the way, Elliot said, watch out. They could be a huge player at the trading deadline. Look for the avalanche to be very active because his words, he said they are going for it now.
4: Yeah, I read his thirty one thoughts. I saw that he put that in there. Uh, I I think in the big picture I I would expect this Avalanche team to be in contention once they get everybody back. Now, right now, they've got some pretty significant issues. They're missing Gabe Landeskog, their captain. They're missing Mikko Rantanen, their highest-paid player. And neither of them look like they're going to be back anytime soon. I think the hope was when they got back from this road trip that at least Rantanen might be skating and getting close. But that is not the case yet. And then on top of that, they announced today that Philip Grubauer, their starting goalie, is going to miss the next couple of games as well. Uh, they didn't give any specifics on his injury, but they they're hoping he'll go on their next road trip. So they're without their starting goalie, two of their top uh, line guys, uh, two two of the three superstars on that top line, plus Colin Wilson, who is, is turned into a nice player for them. We saw. And talked to Colin this morning. Uh, so he's a little ways away as well. So they're searching for answers right now, big time.
0: What does a game like this do for Matt Duchesne? Um, I have to believe. He's got, you know, a lot of history there. And so what what do you what do you think? This has got to be not this is not just any old game for Matt Duchesne.
4: I will be curious to what he says. I'll ask him of that. He he is scheduled to be our interview tonight uh, when the warm ups start. And so I'm sure a lot of people will be thinking that. Although, keep in mind, it has been two years since he played here. So he, he's had some time go by since he's been a member of this organization. But I'm sure he's got a lot of memories uh, about playing here because he was here for so long.
2: Um, well, he so, met his so wife.
0: He, he met his wife there. They got married there. I mean, he's definitely got, you know, he's got memories that uh, that will always be, you know, good memories out in Denver and of course, you know they they draft him, and so I'm just saying it's pretty unique. I think I think his wife is from there. I think that's right. She's from the area.
4: Yeah, and, and also I would I would think you know playing for Ottawa, you don't play the Avalanche very often. So he's, correct. he's only probably been back here once or twice.
0: That's correct.
4: And then, uh, you know, now playing in the division, he's going to be presumably here for the next eight years. So he'll be playing a lot of games against the Avalanche uh, for the coming season.
0: And you could check on that, Willie. I think you're right. I think it's only one other time has he ever come back there in somebody else's uniform. I think so. This may be only like the second time.
4: Okay. You. Oh, you, you yeah. I will make a note to check on that.
0: Yeah, and and unlike Granlund, who hasn't been here that long, I think they've already played
2: Minnesota twelve times. <laughs> so.
4: Oh God, a wow. lot. It, it has been a lot, <laughs> a lot of meetings between those
2: two. Um. Willie, I know optional skate today, but uh, I was reading quotes from Peter Laviolette that they really liked the lines that they rolled out against Detroit. Probably expect more of the same.
4: I would not anticipate any changes. Uh, they they have not said officially, but I, I definitely got the impression that uh, they were happy with all four of the lines against the Red Wings. So I think they will probably roll. But you know, unless there's any surprises of uh, somebody who can't play or whatever. I think you'll see the same four lines out there tonight for sure,
2: were you surprised with a a couple of days off that they went optional that they did the optional skate and not a full skate?
4: Well, I think they did some practice uh usually if they don't practice all it is not an optional skate so i i, I would presume that they did a practice yesterday although i, I can't say for sure
2: and then pecarne just playing lights out right now, what would you say you know i and they got to preserve him for later on in the season in a playoff run but with him playing as well as he is right now do they continue to to play the hot hand or could we see UC Soros at some point get a little more time because we haven't seen him as much
4: oh I think I think you'll see Soros a lot before, before the season is over I think it's going to be right about you know unless, unless one of them gets hurt for an extended period of time I still think the 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 number of the over-under is around 50 games for Pekka Uh He is playing fantastic hockey. But UC Soros, his last two starts have been outstanding. He's looked like himself in those two. So, you know, with the games all in the conference here, uh, I'm pretty sure Pekka will be going tonight. And then I think Saturday is an interesting one because Soros has played well in games uh, in San Jose. So that is possibly... A start for Soros, and then Vancouver has been lighting it up. I would think Rene would go against them. So if I had to guess, and I have no idea, I think he would see Soros on Saturday most likely.
0: Yeah, but Vancouver gives up a lot of three on os so in overtime. So yeah, you, <laughs> you can you can get them in overtime. We had fun with Elliot about that, by the way. And I said, do you think we could have scored? The three of us could have scored <laughs> on Markstrom on that play. And he said no. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. Yeah, we couldn't. Uh, then he told a great story. By the way, as we wrap this up, your partner in the television booth who joined us yesterday on the show has tweeted out a picture of you. Looks like, I think, 1995. You've got a full head of hair. It's you, Plasmo, and uh, Gromos, uh, when you were the Vanderbilt team. So,
4: yeah, Yes, I've seen that. In fact, our man Plaz was the one that sent me the picture this morning. Oh, really? Yes. And so I, just, I, I showed it to Mates, and he went nuts. He was like, you've got to give me that. And I was like, oh, okay, so now now it's a tweet. Now it's a thing.
2: So we, That's hilarious. We got
4: the, the throwback Thursday, 1995, I don't know if I quite had the, the Roman Yossi uh, volume of hair in 95, you know, maybe more 85, I had a little more rise on the hair, but uh, I did have some pretty good lettuce going in, in 95.
0: Not bad, not bad. And all of you have pleated pants on. Um,
4: <laughs> pleated <laughs> pants. So, yeah, this was, that was my first gig with the Vanderbilt the Radio Network, the sideline reporter, 1995, the Rod Dauhauer era. Not exactly mm. magical football that year.
0: And plasma with no glasses on. Pretty interesting. Good <laughs> yes. picture. Hey, good stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
4: Okay, guys, thanks.
0: Willie Donick out in Denver. Predators and Avalanche tonight, 8 o'clock pregame at 7. Everything heard right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Back to wrap up Thursday's edition of Darren Donick and Chase next. Well, it's not Guns and Roses tickets. That's fine. This is just as good. Journey and special guest, The Pretenders. Bridgestone Arena next August. Tickets haven't even gone on sale yet. It's Friday morning. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. is when they go on sale. But we're going to give you a chance to win tickets right now. We told you. We're just going to keep giving stuff away. We're It's the season of giving. It is the season of giving. We're not to Thanksgiving yet, but we're going to just keep giving. I mean, we're there. Until we're By the way, it's at the end of the month
2: this year. Sure. The 20- 28th?
0: yeah very end of the month caller five seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. i i believe that's the last thing we're giving away today we have just been so so generous today
2: now who will be generous tonight chargers raiders mm, i'm actually intrigued by this game i don't know why but i am thursday night football uh the product's gotten a little bit better but got a big matchup that I mean, both teams have work to do to to be in playoff contention, but the loser of this game you can pretty much scratch off the list. Oakland has been better than I thought they would be with all the Antonio Brown stuff that they went through, and you know, ultimately parting ways with him. Four and four right now. Um, I kind of like the Raiders. It's at home, so uh, I think that's the direction I'm going to go. Even you didn't though they tr- really
0: sound very confident about that, uh, I mean, like, I think I kind of.
2: Like the Chargers the are coming off a, a big win against Green Bay in in front of twenty thousand Green Bay fans at their at the Chargers' mm-hmm. home stadium, but that I think that probably gives them a little bit of confidence. But I just I think Oakland's a better team. I think Oakland is built better right now. Really, I do. You think Oakland is better? They've been playing. I mean, the way they've played. I mean, they've hung in some games, and then like I said, they're four and four, and and the Chargers have been inconsistent. Just like the Titans. Hmm. So I, I'm i going to lean Oakland. It's a lean. It's not a lock. Oh, yeah. It's a lean.
0: Okay. I'm going to give a slight lean to the Chargers.
2: Okay. What is the...
0: And as you just heard from Wiley Danuk, no Grubauer tonight. So hmm. two of the big three missing for the Avs, no Grubauer as well. So
2: here's an interesting stat. The line opened... For this game, Oakland and the Chargers, with Oakland as a one and a half point favorite. Now, it's swung the other way. The Chargers are a one and a half point favorite. Mm. 48.5, also the over under.
0: I'm going to go slightly Chargers. I think they're getting right at the right time.
2: Okay. You just you have maybe. to
0: get rid of Wiz, the Wizinator.
2: <laughs> That's true. That offense looked better without him. They will get better
0: now that the Wizinator's not around.
2: You think he's done, or does he weasel he his can, way into can, another look, job? Look, he
0: can do whatever he wants. He's had so many buyouts. I know. Its buyouts are a beautiful thing. I mean, he made. I know that you have to subtract what he made in in L. A. But I mean, he still
2: had what about seventeen mil yeah. no, left Probably. here. Yeah, he he had a he
0: had a Willie Taggart buyout here still left. When he got
2: fired in Arizona, how much did he have left before he came? That's what I'm saying. He can just live off. I mean,
0: he's made so much money buyouts alone. He's he's fine. That guy. So Preds and Avalanche tonight, eight o'clock pregame at seven. Chargers Raiders. Uh, Got some college games too, so shouldn't be a good sports night. We look forward to coming back tomorrow morning at ten a.m. and wrapping up the sports week. Look forward to talking to you then. Stay tuned. Jared and the GM. That is next. By the way, congratulations, Bryce in Nashville. Bryce was lucky caller five. Bryce Harper? Good response. Bryce Drew? Lines blew up for Journey and the Pretenders. So good job by Bryce. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Closing.